0: My name's Dave Shipley, I'm one of the elders here, and I have the pleasure of uh, sharing God's Word with you, but let me tell you how this works. When you prepare to share a message with the congregation, what God does with me is He speaks to me and He says, David, this is an area in your life that I need to correct. And I just want you to be aware of it, and here's all different scriptures in in my word where you can you know deal with this and apply it to your life Um, and I write all that down or most of it and I share it with you so that's what the message is this morning Um, it's always what God is doing in me and because I'm the most important person Um, at least to me I am and I'm trying to work on that which we're gonna talk about but How many of you know what month this is? Oh, it's Pride Month. What's with all the groans? I don't know why we need a month to celebrate um, ungodly lifestyles. Uh, I have trouble with the acronyms. uh, LBGTQ. And then, you know, I kind of lose it from there. Um, But I think that the way I remember, I've actually replaced those letters with three of my own, and it's S-I-N. Okay, so that sums it up. Um, But, you know, to, to add to those letters, more appropriately, we should put A, F, and P. And others, but, you know, for adulterers, fornicators, which is having sex before marriage, in case you didn't know, big Bible term, and prostitution. But see, all of these lifestyles just simply are labels for not knowing God. You know, there's nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. This stuff's been going on forever. And you know, the fact that we have it more um, brought to our focus, uh, someone near and dear to me says, thrown in your face, Um, you know, is where society is today, which tells you a lot, especially in end times if you're paying attention. But what I need you to understand is that there are two groups of people. There are those that have surrendered and said yes to Jesus and have had their sins forgiven, and those that have not. And so why do we expect those who don't know the Lord to act like they do? Why does it surprise us when there's all this weird stuff going on when we've been told since the beginning of time that these things just don't please God? How many of us are in the letters of these acronyms? We're saved from that. You know, I could add an L to it because I'm a liar. I could add all sorts of letters that would describe me. And it's only by the grace of God that I don't have those letters anymore. And, you know, we're not haters. We don't hate anyone that has, you know, uh, a lifestyle that isn't pleasing to God. Because we struggle with us. (laughs) I struggle with me. I know you guys are perfect. I struggle with me and walking daily with Christ. Um, And, you know, I find myself lying. I find myself... Breaking the law. I'm glad our police chief was in the first service. I didn't admit that then. You know, because I do 81 on the freeway. Or, you fill in the blank. But, you know, um, because I was used to driving 55 and now that it's 80, anyway. I always want more. So, as Christians, we need to love those regardless of what their title, regardless of what their lifestyle contains. And, you know, I I see that they've captured the rainbow as their symbol. And I want to tell you where that came from, if you don't know. How many of you actually went to Sunday school sometime in your life? Okay, well, you're in Sunday school right now because you're going to learn about this. The rainbow was God's promise. God's promise that he would never destroy the earth again by water. Okay, he'll do it a different way, but by water, you're safe. It's a promise that God put in the sky. This is God's promise, and, and this is... An evil imitation of what God has. You know, Satan does that all the time. You know, there's a, an unholy trinity that he put together. If you're studying end times at all, you'll know that there's the beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet. That's the unholy trinity. And Satan tries to emulate what God has, but then turn it over for evil. So this promise of, the, of God's rainbow, that symbol of his promise, when I saw that rainbow flag flying over our local hospital, I, it first grieved me um, and then I got angry. I'm sorry, I, I sin. I got angry and then I got sad. And I ran through this gamut of emotions, and then when I'm studying God's word, he showed me, David, whenever you see that rainbow flag, I want you to think that that is, remember, that is my promise to save those that claim that rainbow. So now, from now on, when I see that rainbow flag, I'm gonna see that as a promise Of hope for those people. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are just so grateful that you love us. Lord, we're not better than anyone. We don't hate anyone for their lifestyle. Lord, such were some of us. And Lord, we know that we're just in the boat, not in the sea drowning. You've rescued us. And Father, we we just ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Father, let everyone hear the voice of your Holy Spirit and not my voice. Lord, I pray that your word would come alive to us as we study. We just worship you and we surrender to you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's go to God's word. And since it's Pride Month, we're going to look at Pride Turn to First John, John, chapter two with me, starting in verse 15. First John means that there might be a, another John afterwards that they call Second John. You're learning all sorts of biblical scholarly knowledge this morning. Chapter 2 of 1 John, starting in verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides in forever you know we we know this scripture if you've been a believer for for a while and you see this um these first two make you cringe you know oh lust of the flesh lust of the eyes you know don't tell anybody you've ever done any of those things okay but the pride of life eh, no big deal God equates them the same. These are not, you know, in degrees of severity, these are across the board equal. Pride is of the world. Pride is included alongside lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. Pride is not, as we just read, not in God's will for you. So, I won't ask you to turn here. I've got a couple of scriptures I want to share. Mark 7, 20 through 23 says that pride defiles us. It's not good, people. Proverbs eight thirteen says God hates pride. Okay, well, that's kind of maybe understandable. You know, he's beating around the bush about how he feels about pride. Proverbs 16, 5 through 8 says it leads to destruction. How many of you have destruction on your bucket list? (laughs) Yeah, I want to be destroyed. I want to be that wily coyote going over the cliff and, you know. Psalm 1, I'm sorry, Psalm 10, verse 4 says it leaves no room for God. Pride kicks God out of the way. It consumes you. Everybody knows who Satan is, right? Do you remember his beginnings? you know the word says that Satan was an angel that God created, the most beautiful of all. And it also says that he was the heavenly worship leader. He was like Greg with long hair and, you know, no, not. But it was because of Satan's pride that he got kicked out of heaven. He said, I will ascend above the Most High God. Huh. C.S. Lewis said, For pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. So, Pride can become a cancer in our lives, just eating up the good cells and being totally unuseful. So how does pride show up in our lives? Let's take a look at that. What are the symptoms? Those of you Sunday school scholars, remember the account of David and Goliath? Uh, I call him Dave. Most of his friends did. And... Dave was kind of a a guy, sort of like me, and only he was of ruddy complexion, which means he was good looking, Um, unlike me. And when you see Goliath, what did he say? What did he tell the men that were assembled? He had pride. He was... He was boasting about how big and strong he was. He was this monster of a man. He was a giant. He said, I'll take on anyone. You send out your best warrior and I'll squash him like a bug. And he said, when David came out to fight him, and I'll paraphrase, he said, you sent a puppy to fight me? That little bitty cute guy. (laughs) Is he housebroken? He said, you sent a dog. I need a real man. I need someone who will be a challenge to me. And what did David say? David did not have pride in this account. He said, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. He said... If he had pride, David would have come out and said, I'm just going to wipe up the desert with you. I'm going to annihilate you. I'll squash you like a bug because I'm good. Pride would have said, I am the best sling marksman in all of Israel. Matter of fact, I won, won the Israeli sling contest three years in a row. That's how good I am. But he didn't. So, I know you're going to love this. Let's take a pride test. All right? Spoiler alert. I took this and I failed miserably. So, just give you a little encouragement there. Question number one. Can you do a good act, or what we call good works, without telling someone that you did it? Like you go mow the neighbor's lawn while they're gone? Do you go hide your lawn mower in the garage? Or do you wait till they get home and uh, all of a sudden you think you need to clean it in the driveway? (laughs) Clunk, 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 (laughs) clunk. Do you minister to somebody and then share with other people? oh yeah, they were in a really bad spot and I just was there for them. What are your motives? God looks at the heart. Are you, the the Bible talks about giving tithes and offerings. Are you a hilarious giver? That's what it translates to. When you give, are you giving Well, you know, the Bible says give tithes and offering. Let's see, that's 10%. The word tithe means tenth. Let me get out my calculator now. Is that uh, gross or net? Hmm. And wait, let's see, we'll pay all the bills, and then, oh, we have a little bit left. Okay, five bucks, guys, you got it. But when when you give, is it out of requirement? Is it out of guilt? Is it because it's one of the scriptures, one of the only scriptures that God says, test me on this. See if I won't take care of you if you give. Matter of fact, you can't outgive me. And or do you give because you love to give? Do you recognize that what you have is his already? He's just loaned it to you. He's just made you the manager. You don't own it. You're just the one taking care of it for him. I'll tell you a secret. God doesn't need your money. He owns it all. God will provide any work that he does. So you get to decide if you have the privilege of being blessed by God by doing this. Because if you're doing it grudgingly, it's not going to be a blessing. If you do it because you think it's your Christian duty, you know, or because eh, they were talking about it. So I guess, you know, they must have some project they need some money for. God wants your heart. Doesn't want your money. It's not yours. It's his. So do you think the question number two, here we go. Do you think you're better than others because of how smart you are? Oh, I know some of you. I feel like a simpleton. (laughs) I know some of you. Well, I, I won't divulge secrets, but some of you are very smart. Do you think you're better than others because of how you look? No ruddy complexion here. Do you think you're better than others because of how much you make? I'm unemployed, so I don't have to worry about that. Mm. Do you think that you're better than others because of the rank or position you've achieved? Mm. What about the things that you own? Or what about the things you don't own? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't own a Bentley because that would be flaunting it. I own a Bentley. He's a white Labrador. <laughs> I, I told my wife, we need to name him Bentley because he's an English lab, that's an English name, and it's the only Bentley I'll be able to afford. But the way that he eats right now, I'm not so sure that was a good idea. Question number three. Do you judge others? Yes, I said judge. Do you judge others because of their hair? Oh, it's too long. No, it's too short. No, it's a different color. No, they don't have any. I know some of you hide it under your hat. Do you judge people because of their clothes? You don't like what they wear. I'm telling you, I I have trouble with people wearing pajamas in Walmart. I just, (laughs) unless they're just trying them on. But God loves the pajama wearers too. (laughs) Do you judge people because of their piercings? you know I I get distracted tell you, <laughs> by a nose piercing nothing wrong with it if that's what you like I just can't get out of my mind what do you do when you sneeze it just is it a projectile do you, I don't know um do you do you judge people because of their tattoos Or their lack of tattoos. I was in the Navy. I have a battleship tattooed right... No. Um, (laughs) Do you judge people because of their race? Oh, I'm not prejudiced. Okay. Then, treat everybody the same with love. There's a song that Toby Mac sings called, We All Bleed the Same. It's true. God wants you to be colorblind. Okay, turn in your papers. I'm going to grade them, and then I'm going to read them out loud to everybody. Okay? See what your answers were. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? I already told you I failed, so. It's this pride isn't just in what we do it's what we think what our thoughts what our motives contain that's the hard part it's pretty easy sometimes to contain your pride on the outside but on the inside that's where you know the word says that it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart Okay, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 11. Deuteronomy is up at the front of your Bible, about the fifth book in. Yeah, I had to count, make sure that was right. Chapter 8, starting in verse 11. It says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God, by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Does that sound like any country you live in? I mean, no. Been blessed by God. Silver and gold are multiplied. Food, beautiful houses. And then we go astray. We accept the blessings of God. We we see him just strengthen this nation and then we openly deny God we openly promote lifestyles that are not godly when God blesses us we need to praise him and and understand that those come from him Jeremiah 521 Says that pride causes us causes us to not listen to God. He may be trying to tell you something, but because of your pride, you won't listen. Before the service started or after it ends today, you may be prompted by the Holy Spirit to go talk to that person, and you're like, "Oh no, no, <laughs> no Lord, it's okay. I, I got to go to lunch. I, I." I I don't know, that that person, they're just not like me. So, you know, that that would be a little little too difficult. If you went and you talked to that person, you would get blessed. They would get blessed. But our pride keeps us from doing that. So, as C.S. Lewis phrased it, pride is a cancer. This cancer shows up especially when we've been wronged. Pride seeks revenge. They can't do this to me and get away with it. I'll take care of it. Pride stops us from letting go. Is there a hurt that you're holding on to that you just won't let go of? Look at your pride and ask, why can't I? Pride says that If you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Matter of fact, I'm good at hurting people. I'll hurt you twice as bad as you hurt me. Because I got a lot of pride. Pride says, don't forgive your spouse. Pride says, don't be the first to apologize. Why should I apologize? I wasn't wrong. I'm always right. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. I'm always right, except when I'm wrong. And then I'm right because I knew I was wrong. So, I'm right. Right? <laughs> Matthew 5:23 and 24 says that if you remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift at the altar and go reconcile with your brother. Okay, so this is talking, I always thought it was interesting that this doesn't say if you're upset with someone, go reconcile with them. I mean, it does. We are taught that. But what this says specifically is if you know that someone has something against you, go talk to them. Don't wait for them to come reconcile with you. You go fix it with them. Oh, but I didn't do anything wrong. I only heard that Mike doesn't like me. I only heard that he was picking and telling people blah, blah, blah. Go Turn with me to Proverbs 6, starting in verse 16. Boy, if you if you want some wisdom, just read the book of Proverbs. There is so much there. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. I mean, they all are, but it kind of seems silly to say, oh, this is a great book. Because it is. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven, are an abomination to him. What's number one? A proud look. Number two, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. You say, I've never killed anybody. Oh, in your mind you have. I know I have. Boy, I am like you know, a serial killer in my mind. It was like, you said what? You know, you're gone. Out of here. A heart that devises wicked plans. Oh, you've never done that. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Do you know that all six of those lead to number seven? Most of these are connected to something that we do in or through our bodies. Paul writes in Romans 6.13 to present the parts of our bodies for the work of righteousness, not sin. And these seven sins are focused on how we treat others. God has given us in the Ten Commandments a breakdown, um, and there are certain ones that, that talk to us about our relationship with God. And these speak about our relationship with each other. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. one of my favorite scriptures Matthew 22 starting in verse 34 says but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees they gathered together then one of them a lawyer asked him a question testing him and saying teacher which is the great commandment in the law Jesus said to him You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What's neat about the Christian walk is I used to hear people say, I don't want to be a Christian because of all the rules. You know, you can't do this, you can't do that. There's 10 commandments, there's regulations, there's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, in reality, Jesus says there's two commandments. It all boils down to these two. Love the Lord your God with every bit of you and love your neighbor as yourself. So if you do these two things that he asks you to do, you'll never break any of those commandments. It's simple. If you love him, you'll keep his commandments. And Jesus tells us that. If you love me, keep my commandments. If your thoughts and motives are based on just loving the Lord, your actions will be too. It's examining that heart that I, I have to deal with. Lord, What? why am I really doing this? What, what are my motives? Why? do I want to do this? If I give of my time, my money, my talents, my possessions, because I want to, no, because I love to, I never have to worry about breaking any of the commandments. You know what? I say my, 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 they're not mine. They all belong to the Lord anyway. So I'm just giving him what he rightfully owns. Pride keeps us from ministry, which is a fancy way of ministering to others. We just call it ministry. It keeps us from fellowshipping with others. Oh no, no if i if I go to church today, if I go to one of the focus groups, if I go to this, if I go to that, you know, I don't have the right clothes to wear you know i I just had this operation on my head and had this thing. Cut out, and now I got this big, ugly, you know. And um, so, is that going to prevent you from hearing and learning God's word? No, it's just your pride. It's because you think others are going to think something about you. Well, what's the Lord going to think about you? (laughs) That's what you need to be concerned with. Pride keeps us from deep worship lifting your hands singing okay and you know I'm not I'm not saying that you're super spiritual if you lift your hands and worship um, I lift my hands only when I engage in that kind of worship um, it when it's I don't do it just because um you know sometimes I only have one hand up and I'm guess I'm half-worshipping, you know, and then, no, this is the universal sign of what? Surrender. You're saying, Lord, I surrender to you that you are greater than I am, and I give you my all. It's, it's an act of worship, and it's amazing when we're thinking about God and not thinking about people around us, how we can worship. When I say singing, it doesn't matter if you have a a beautiful voice or you sound like a frog. You know, Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise. As long as you're joyful when you're croaking, God accepts that. You know, don't worry about your neighbors. God will deal with them. It's their pride. I don't want to stand next to the frog. You know? Pride keeps you from... Weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. You know, we, we've had in this fellowship, we've had uh, people that have lost their loved ones recently. We, we've had quite a few. And if the Lord sends you to that person, don't freak out and go, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, I've I've suffered that loss. I know what to say. I'll tell you what not to say. Well, they're in a better place. Well, gee, thanks. I, I never thought of that. Yeah, okay. But I want them back here. You know, don't tell me they're in a better place. Because uh, I'm being selfish, and I want them here with me. Okay, that's a normal, loving reaction. Don't say, you know... I'm sorry for your loss. Okay, well, I'm sorry for my loss too, but that doesn't help me. Um, You know what you can say? I'm sorry. I just don't know what to say, but I'm here to pray with you. I don't know what you went through. I don't understand. I can't imagine you going through what you did, but can I pray with you? Sometimes they just need you to be there and hold their hand. Sometimes they need you to zip it and let them talk. You just need to be available. Let the Lord do the rest. Swallow that pride and let him use you. Pride also keeps you from rejoicing with those who rejoice. Jealousy, you ever heard of that? Oh yeah, I just won this ticket to the... Cruise to the Tahiti's, and, and, and I'm just, you know, so excited. And, and you're thinking, <laughs> I wanted to go. <laughs> I mean, I could really use a vacation. And besides, they can afford it? What? I can't? What, what about me? What? I'm not going to rejoice with you. Oh, you're going to Tahiti and the Bahamas. Uh, nice. Okay, yeah. See you when you get back. You know, I don't want to see those photos. We are to show humility. Christians who show humility, which is the opposite of pride, are those that go out of their way to make you feel loved, to make you feel comfortable. Have you been to somebody's home and they just make you feel at home? They they do all that they can do, even to the point of it being difficult for them or tiring or whatever it might be to make you feel right at home. Christians who show humility don't mind doing the despised jobs. Do you guys know who cleans the toilets here? Do you know who vacuums the carpet, empties the trash, wipes down the tables that your kids pick their nose and scribble on with, you know? And... Sorry, I didn't say that for service. Do you know who teaches Sunday school? Do you know who takes care of your youth? Some of those you consider the most despised jobs. Christians who show humility are more focused on how they can help the body of Christ than their comfort level. It's all about you guys. That's humility. This is not a guilt trip. This is the truth. I taught my kids growing up that it was okay to be wronged. It's okay if somebody wrongs you. I go in and find my girls playing with their dolls, and, and I hear this. I go in and, and I hear, Dad, Melissa took my doll, and she won't give it back. I'm like, Well, you have nine others right here. Can you play with one of those? but I wanted that one. I want that one. I'm not going to be satisfied with all these others because that's the one I want. Okay, well, it's okay to be wronged and I'll go spank your sister in a minute, but right now, you know, you need to know that it's okay because as an adult, what happens if somebody cuts you off in traffic? Do you then... Speed up, do a pit maneuver on them, spin them out, leave them in the ditch, and go, Ha ha ha! You'll never take my turn at a four way stop again. You know, I mean, you may never do that, but boy, you think it. You would not believe how many pit maneuvers I've done in my life <laughs> up here. But yet, It's my pride. It's okay to say, oh well, so they can't count, you know, they were lousy at foursquare, <laughs> and let them go, forgive them. Harboring pain, I'm sorry, harboring bitterness and resentment is pride. We're taught to let go of the pain the anger and bitterness caused by others. But you say, Dave, that's not easy. Say, I know, but you need to cry out to God for help. Do you even try to cry out to him? Sometimes he allows us to get so desperate in our need that the only way out is up. Have you ever been there? You ever been just flattened like a Beetle Bailey cartoon? I know you young guys don't know what I'm talking about. You know, just you're laid out and you barely tell what it is. You feel like that? And the only way up is God. Well, yeah, that's that's the key. But you don't know what they did to me or what they said to me. They wounded me deeply. Very deeply. This relationship can never be repaired. That's it. They, they, they just hurt me too, too bad. Did Jesus say that about your sins? My sins? Did he say that about what we did to him? Wasn't he wounded deeply? He even showed Thomas those wounds. Wasn't it your fault, my fault, that he got beat and whipped so badly they couldn't even recognize him as a man? Yeah, what would he do? Nothing. He was innocent. He just loves us, and we wounded him so badly that he died from the things that we said and did. No, let me, let me correct that. He died for the things that we did and said. And yet he forgave us. He was right and we were wrong. But yet he took the punishment that we deserved. There was a broken relationship that he needed to fix. He proved that having a relationship with us was more important than the wrong that we did to him. I would ask my daughter, isn't your sister more important than that doll? She'd say no, but you know she'd eventually mature enough to say, yeah, yeah, I'd rather have a good relationship with my sibling than to have this silly little doll that in 15 minutes she forgets all about anyway. Jesus took all the blame, even though we were the ones in the wrong. And all we have to do to repair this relationship is to accept his sacrifice. To accept his apology for our wrongdoing. So what's the cure for this cancer called pride? It's called humility. We all struggle with pride. Well, you guys don't. I'm the only one who does. It might not show in its action, in your actions, but it's definitely in our thoughts. Genesis 32.10, I'm just going to read it to you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. We are not worthy of God's mercy. We don't deserve a thing. Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than himself. There's a song that we sing, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Don't worry about not being right, Make it right. See others as God sees them. I don't care if they're living a sinful lifestyle. See the love of God for that person. And talk to them. Embrace them. Share with them that love. You've been given this gift. You've been dying of terminal cancer and been given the cure to heal you like that and you meet other people that are dying, but yet you don't share that cure with them. Check yourself for what I call love motives. Are you doing this out of your love for God? Well, that's where we need to go. That's, that's the cure. Esteem the other higher. Love your neighbor as yourself. That includes your spouse. They live closer to you than your neighbor does. Okay? Apply those same principles to your marriage. See yourself as God sees you. Guess what? You can do nothing without him. Oh, but guess what? You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Oh, so I can't do anything, but here God gives me everything I need. And he'll do it. Awesome. It's what we call that win-win situation. Okay, I think I'm getting real close to running out of time here. So, let me close with uh, just two scriptures. 1 Peter 5, 5-7 through seven says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you want to be resisted by God? Or do you want his grace? Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. I'd like to ask the worship team to come on up. And then, finally, out of 1 Corinthians, a scripture that I'm sure you all know, uh, would you stand as I read this to you? 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, because love never fails. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Um, You've given us the cure for pride, and that is humility. Lord, we want to humble ourselves before you. Father, we want to do things out of love, not out of any other motive. Father, help us with those relationships that we consider broken. Help us to cry out to you that we might receive your strength, that we might come to you with a bare heart, Lord, humbling ourselves and asking you to lift us up. Father, we know that without you, we are nothing. And we just thank you that we can do all things through you as you give us strength. We worship you now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.